Grr, arg. Hello there, and welcome back to season two of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to examining film from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host for this week. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, joined as always by my fellow co-host and my shaman, Dean Stark. And on today's episode, which is episode four, if anybody's keeping count, uh, we are going to discuss the 1989 comedy, uh, comedy classic, as it were, The Burbs. So, as we do every week, Dean is going to take us through a play-by-play of the film. So, without any further ado, Dean, do you want to start us off? Yes, yeah, so The Burbs, 1989. Like, okay, this is a comedy, but I, I'm not a comedy person, but this is a dark comedy because I think for people that haven't seen this before and they go, oh, it's a comedy, they start out watching it and for the whole movie, they're like, is this a comedy? <laughs> is it? Because it's funny, but it's like a dark, I don't know, like horror-ish comedy. So it was directed by Joe Dante, and if you don't know who he is, he directed the original Piranha, which is epic. He directed The Howling, and he directed Gremlins 1 and 2, among other things. So The Burbs stars Tom Hanks. So setting in for some time off in his suburban home, Ray Peterson's vacation becomes a nightmare when the Klopeks move in next door. So the opening scene for the Burbs is a shot from space, basically zooming down to a, a town and then a street and then it sort of stops on a house. And it's a kind of like a Adams Family-ish, creepy-ish house and there's this really creepy organ music. So if you think you're watching a comedy, it's like, what is this? It's 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 kind of the music is kind of like from like 1950s like Hammer horror movies. Um, it's really really awesome. So Tom Hanks's character, he's standing outside of his home, and he walks over to this creepy looking house, and he stops and he steps on their lawn. Now their lawn is dead. There's no grass. It's basically dirt. But as soon as he steps on their lawn, there's this huge gust of wind that comes out of nowhere. And then he steps back onto his own lawn and then the wind goes away. And you're kind of like, what the, what am I watching? Like you have no clue. What is this supernatural? Is it horror? Is it funny? Like you have no idea what you're watching. Now, this is the first time you've ever seen this movie. So what did you think about the opening scene? I found the opening scene to be very, very cool because the film actually starts out on the Universal logo and the Universal logo fades out and it goes into it goes the Universal logo fades out into the into the planet. And then, like you said, it zooms in all the way down to the street where Tom Hanks is living at. And the movie is very, very disconcerting. You mentioned that if you've never seen this movie before, you would be confused if you would think it's a comedy because I I really don't think this movie should be classified as a comedy. I think it should be classified as a dark satire because, like, it... Yeah, I agree. It, dark it, satire. Look, that's quite yeah, good. Yeah, look, look, look. It was, it was interesting, but it wasn't really funny, funny, funny. I mean, it was... It was I, I chuckled at some points, but I was more interested in the overall mystery of the movie than 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 I, I, I was more concerned with the mystery of the whole movie than than laughing at certain points. Yeah, that was the same with me. That's why I love it, because it's a comedy without actually being like a comedy. <laughs> I don't know how I don't also, know how better to put it. <laughs> also it was very, very cool to see a young Tom Hanks. Cause I, cause, cause I grew up with Tom Hanks, but I grew up with Tom Hanks in the nineties. I grew up with him. I grew up with Tom Hanks when he was a bit older. So I've really never seen his, 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 uh, his early work. Like, like, like the earliest Tom Hanks movie that I remember seeing was, was two of them. It was, uh, uh, Turner and Hooch and, uh, the money pit, but that's it. So, so I had never seen him and big. So, well, I guess I have seen some of his anyway. But anyway, it was really nice to see Tom. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I, 
I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to go someplace with that, but it turns out that I, that, that I, <laughs> you went to, that, you go to, you went to a dead end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I drove yeah, myself into a dead end. So, yeah, you did. But, but, but what I ultimately want to say, it was really nice to see Tom Hanks uh, in one of his earlier movies. Yeah, I love this movie. I used to watch it all the time when I was uh, little with my mom. She She's like obsessed with this movie. So it was one of the first movies I ever saw with Tom Hanks. Not that I knew who he was when I was little. Um, but then after that, I saw Turner and Hooch, which Hooch, Hooch, Turner and Hooch, which I loved um, because when I was little, I was obsessed. I thought the dog was so funny. Um, and of course, Big is like a, a classic. So anyway, moving on, the first scene. So after the opening scene where as an audience member, you kind of don't know what the fuck is going on. You move into the first scene and it's daytime. It's a typical suburban American street, perfect in every fucking way. Uh, Ray steps out, Tom Hanks's character, Ray steps out. Um, and he, he walks to the front of his lawn and a pa- I love this, a paper boy, not looking, throws the paper and hits Tom Hanks in the chest. And then Tom Hanks's character is holding a coffee and he like throws this hot coffee at this poor, like paper boy, like doesn't hit him, but you can tell <laughs> like, that's his character. He's like, he doesn't take shit. He's like, no, you know what? Fuck you. I, I don't care that you're a kid. I'm going to throw my coffee all over you because you've done this. And I love that character development. Love it. So after that, we get an introduction to Walter and he's like the old guy. Um, and he has a fluffy white dog called Queenie, um, who, who <laughs> likes to shit on, on other neighbors lawns. He's trained his dog to shit on other people's lawns. And obviously he doesn't pick it up. Um, so you can, you can kind of see this guy's a bit of a fucking asshole. Nobody oh, likes fuck him. That guy. Um, fuck and, that guy. I know. And then you get an introduction to Ricky, which is uh, Corey Feldman's character, and he's kind of a slacker. He's got this long hair. He's like, hey, dude, like hang tan, like he's, he's fucking one of those characters. Um, and then you get an introduction to my 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 favorite character, Rumsfield, um, which is played by Bruce Dern. And he's like this retired military guy, and he's got a very military my, everything he says and does and sees is military. Like he just, he doesn't see past that part of himself and he raises the American flag every morning and he salutes it. Um, and then he steps back and he steps on the dog's shit <laughs> and he just gets, and he just starts yelling at Walter, stop getting your dog to shit on my lawn. And you just find it like, I don't know. I find that really fun, funny. <laughs> like the only lawn that the dog probably shouldn't shit on is the fucking retired military guys. But Walter is such a dickhead. He just like, just, just, just likes poking the bear, which is why I like this movie because every single character has characteristics that, you like, you don't like is hilarious. I think they're actually really drawn quite well. Um, and Ray is sitting in his house watching it from the window chuckling. He's like, oh, my God, yeah. look, Walter got his dog to shit on Rumsfeld's lawn. Like it's just, and again, again, character development, character development for his character. So you know that he just, uh, I don't know, I like his character because that's, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> like no, he, Ray, he's fun- no. When someone steps in shit, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I... <laughs> Anytime that I see certain things in movies, uh, they cause me to <laughs> yak. Uh, and and one of those things is seeing shit in films. And I, I, I didn't yak in, it, you know, when I saw this movie, but it kind of bugged me a little bit that I, I don't like humor based around shit. Uh, but but with that being said, that character, the, the, the writer of this film did an amazing job of introducing us to our main characters and introducing us to the to the characters that we're going to follow for uh for the entire film and giving them all unique characteristics that like dean just said that we both love and we hate and also i love the fact that from the outset i i got this feeling that tom hanks's character had a passion for his neighborhood that he actually liked his neighborhood and he he was happy to be there and he was happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I think the only I, – I don't mind poop in movies. It's vomit that I, I can't do. So this is when we get some story on the story. So um, Ray's in the kitchen and he's talking to his wife who's played by the beautiful Carrie Fisher and he's talking about the new neighbours that just, just, that just moved in next door, the Klopeks and he's like they moved in about a month ago and 
he's he's asking about their basement. He's like, they've got lights on at their basement, like all hours of the night. Like, what are they doing in there? And um, uh, Carrie Fisher's like, I knew you'd do this. Like, this is this is your time off. This is your vacation, and you're just gonna sit around the house all day and fucking do nothing. And she and she's like, why don't we go to the lake? Let's go to the lake. And he's like, I don't want to go to the lake. I just want to sit at home this week, be lazy, watch TV, do nothing. That's what I want to do. But she knows him so well that she knows that he's going to get caught up in some fucking conspiracy and it's going to drive him crazy. Uh, but he's like, no. It's like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But we will see that it actually it, it, it does. It does fucking it does happen. But I like Car- I love Carrie Fisher's character because she knows him. She knows him better than he knows himself. And, like, just the looks that she gives him throughout the movie is just like, why the fuck am I married to you? Like, I knew you would do this. But um, I I love I love her character. Yeah, but uh, again, again, for me, it was really delightful to see someone who I grew up with not in a white princess uniform and not, you know, mm. and not saving the galaxy. Because I had never, like, like, um... Like the only other project that I that I saw Carrie Fisher in was uh, was a quick cameo in Scream Three, and 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 like a and like a and like a quick cameo on Family Guy. So so I so seeing Carrie Fisher play a different role was very very refreshing for me, and I really liked her her chemistry with Tom Hanks, and I liked the I, I liked the fact that. She knew what he was going to do, you know, you know, even even after he denied it, even after he denied it when he was blue in the face. So the next scene is is, um, we have an introduction to the character Art. So Art is a heavyset guy and he's got a gun and he's 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 such a dick. He brings a lot to the story, though. Like he's the, he's the driving force for the whole fucking story. If it wasn't for him, then none of the movie would have happened. So he is very, very essential to the story, even though he's a fucking idiot. Um, and he doesn't realize he's an idiot either. But anyway, he's pointing a gun at a bird and he fires and he misses. And then it goes to Tom Hanks's character in the house and he's like, oh, my God, Art's got a gun. And he starts running out and he runs out of the house. And so right with that dialogue, you can see, oh, my God, Art has a gun. Like he's just – he. We, Right then, we know he's inept. We know he should not be fucking handling a gun. We know that he should be nowhere near firearms, weapons, anything like that. Um, so anyway, uh, Tom Hanks runs out of the house and he runs out to his front, his front porch and Art sees him and shoots and kind of gets his porch light. And then he's like, oh, hey, you guys eating in there? <laughs> like totally unaware. He's kind of like um, – Griswold, Clark Griswold, totally unaware that he's just nearly like killed his friend and then asking about food. So the next scene is Art. Oh my God. This now, how funny. This is actually a scene where this, the, the actor is actually eating, but a lot. So I actually do feel sorry for this, 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 this actor because he's actually eating the food. And I don't know how many takes they had to do, but he's like shoveling like every, like meats cheeses cereals soups like this he's just fucking eating everything he goes to the fridge he, I, f- I find it funny he, he art goes to the fridge like he just treats this like it's his house right he doesn't and carrie fisher's kind of looking at him like uh, like she's just like there's nothing she can say she's just like let him do what he does and he gets like a whole pineapple out of the fridge like you've just grabbed <laughs> random shit from the fridge so yeah I, I, it's just fucking ridiculous i found i found it really really odd that Tom Hanks would allow this bumbling idiot to go in his house and go in his fridge. And I'm like, dude, this is not even your fucking, what the fuck are you doing? But as the movie goes along, you understand that this is the type of neighborhood and this is the type of relationship that Tom Hanks has with this motherfucking guy who's an idiot mm. that he allows them to yeah. just, you know, walk, you know, yeah. take food out of his house you know, you know, you know, you know, eat, eat the food that Tom Hanks doesn't want to finish off of, off of Tom Hanks' plate. I mean, come on, who fucking does that? Really? Coming I mean, up. You have to but- be, you have to be very, very comfortable with someone in order to just go in their house and just raid their food. So obviously, right. obviously Art is very, very comfortable around him. It's his best friend. We don't know how long they've known each other. They could have known each other for 10 years. We, we don't know. We don't know the backstory. But the right. fact that, and it doesn't seem to bother Tom. 
that's Tom Hanks' no, character. No. Like, it doesn't bother him. So, obviously, obviously, their friendship is like, okay, Art's going to come over and raid the fridge. That's just normal. It doesn't right. annoy him. Um, but, yeah, like, in normal circumstances, like, yeah, no, you don't, you, nobody would do, nobody would do that. Right. But the other, the other thing that it adds is, is also everything that, everything that this bumbling idiot does adds to his character development and adds to mm. the crazy shit that he's going to do. The, the the crazy shit that he's going to do later on in the movie and the way that he's going to continuously enable Tom Hanks to do unbelievably stupid things yeah. to the point of yeah unbelievably stupid things to the point of insanity yes yeah to the, literally to the point of insanity so then art starts talking about the clopex the next door neighbors of of Tom Hanks's character and he's like you know the Klopeks are maniacs. Their 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 last place burnt down to the ground. He starts putting these things in Tom Hanks's head, and he said, "I I love. I had to write this down word for word. I love this. This is probably my favorite dialogue in the whole movie." He's like, "No one goes in. No one comes out. No visitors. No deliveries. What do you think they're eating over there?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that because it's like, oh shit. Yeah. And then he puts he he puts he plants that seed in Tom Hanks's head. And Tom Hanks is like, okay. And then and then Tom Hanks's Ray's son comes in and he says, Oh, there's three clopex and they only come out at night. He saw them digging in the backyard. And then Art goes, What, like like grave digging? And the son's like, Yeah, maybe. And Tom Hanks is like, All right, that's it, enough. I'm not talking about this anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but but what that scene has done is it's pushed the story forward. But it's done it in a way that it's not like it's exposition, but it's not bad. Like it's it's no. information that we needed to know. So I didn't think it was too on the nose. No, but you know what? You just said it. It's exposition, but it's needed exposition, and also it's fun. And the way and the way and the way that it was delivered by the actor, what it it, it didn't sound like boring exposition for exposition's sake. It sounded natural. It sounded like it needed to be there. And yes, exactly. So the screenwriter did a great job with that. Yeah. Also, also, um, I do have, I do have a couple, I have two favorite scenes. This, I have two favorite scenes in this entire movie, but you haven't got to them yet. So I don't want to mm-hmm. spoil them. So I'll just wait till you get there. All right. Okay. So the next scene is, uh, Ray and Art are outside Ray's house and they see one of the Klopex emerge and it's like, He's a he's got red short hair. He's got like buck teeth, dirty clothes. He kind of looks like uh, a hillbilly or maybe something out of like Wrong Turn or something. I don't know. No, because Lurch is like tall. This guy has like a weird beard, red beard. I don't know. He's he's just he's just un- He's very unusual looking. Um, and so he emerges from the house, and so their house is the only house on the street that looks like the Adams family. So every other house on this beautiful American street looks perfect except for that house. And I love the production design and they, and they designed it that way. So it's just to push forward again that these folks are not like normal folks. Just by looking at their house, you're like, okay, um, anybody who lives in that house and doesn't like tear it down and like rebuild it, uh, there's probably something going on. Their lawn is all dirt. Nothing can grow there, which is another great show. Don't tell. Uh, so Ray and Art slowly approach the house because they kind of want to know what's going on. They, and they kind of like knock on the door. No, you knock on the door. No, 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 you knock on the door. Come on, come on, let's let's go say hello because they're just intrigued by this family because everybody on the street knows each other. And so the fact that these people have moved in and they've been there a month and they haven't said anything, they haven't, nothing's happened with them, um, they find it strange. I mean, I don't find it strange because, like, I don't really talk to my neighbours, but, like, in a street like that where everybody knows each other, it's a bit weird. So, anyway, Ray and Art slowly approach the house and I love this bit. This was just a stroke of genius. They grab the knocker on the door and they bang it and up where the door is, it says the number of the house. It's on, like, a plaque and it's the number of the house is 669. (laughs) But when they knock on the door... The nine switches to a six, so it's six, 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 and it, and it's uh-huh. and this like organ music comes in again. You're like, oh, the music in this film is very, very disconcerting because the music in the opening is very, very ominous, especially when you see the house for the first time. The mm. music sounds like something that Danny Elfman would have rejected. 
Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Not, not that's not what I thought it was. That it sounded Jenny Elfman like. Yeah. So, so I don't know. So, so I don't know what the writer and director or the composer were going for in this movie, but the music and so many things in this movie are like so many things. So many things in this movie pre- present a picture that isn't necessarily true about this movie. So, I so so I wouldn't be surprised if. If when this movie came out, people who saw it in the theater and then people who saw it on VHS at home were like, "I thought we were getting a comedy. What the hell is this movie?" Because you have all these, you have all these visual cues and you have all these moments, and you're like, "Where's the funny? This is not funny. This is just dumb." Of of course, of of course, of course, I yeah. don't think it's dumb. Of course, I don't think it's dumb. I think it's genius. But I think that this movie, when it first came out, may have been confusing to some people because. Of yeah. these elements that are in the movie, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a dark comedy. I would say it's not it's it's not horror. It's like it's a dark comedy. So anyway, they're on the porch. The six 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 happens, and then they're like, "Okay, that's a bit weird." And so they knock again on the door, and the plaque falls down. And behind the plaque, there's a beehive, and the bees come out and swarm them. And and they're yeah. So that's 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 a funny scene. So. And they don't go back because they're like, yeah, you know what, fuck this. So the next scene where it's at night and Art grabs Ray and they grab Rumsfield, which is the military guy. And they're basically like, oh, should we be doing this? And you're thinking, what should we be doing? What like, what are they planning? What are they doing? So they're standing across the road from the Clopex and Rumsfield has a night scope thingy because he's a military guy, so that makes sense. And they see <laughs> – I don't know who wrote this scene, but it was – like I don't know, but it was quite funny. They see one of the Clopex. They see the Clopex basement light up again, really bright, and there's a weird sound, and then it stops. And then one of them says, "Can you smell that? Like, what is that? It's coming from their basement." And then the the Clopex garage door opens, and the car slowly drives down the driveway. Now their car is I don't know anything about cars. Do you know what kind of car it was? It looks old, like eighties. Obviously, the movie's in the eighties, but. Yeah, I mean that looked like a that looked like a real that looked like a poor man's charger, like a like a like right, a okay. really like a like a really busted up charger because when the when the car first came out of the garage, it had no headlights. It looked it looked dirty as hell. Mm. It looks like mm. it looked like something that you would pick up at like a at like a at like a car lot. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so the car slowly comes out of the garage. And it drives down the driveway and it stops. Just before it turns onto the road, it stops. And then the the redhead guy gets out of the car, walks to the to the trunk of the car, opens it, and pulls out a very, very large, very full garbage bag. And he walks to the 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 garbage bin. Now it looks like he's struggling with this, with with however heavy this bag is. And he puts it in the bin. And it doesn't quite fit. And then he picks up like a shovel thing and he starts beating this this garbage bag to like fit in the bin, like very, very viciously, very violently. And then he puts the lid on the bin, gets back in the car, reverses the car back into the garage and the garage door shuts. And Tom Hanks's character is like, I've I've never seen someone drive their their rubbish down to the to the driveway and, and then drive their car back. But it just shows these people are fucking weird. And what the fuck is in like the rubbish? Why the fuck are they doing that? Like I love that scene because it was character development for characters that you haven't really seen and that have had no dialogue. The one thing that this movie does really, the one thing that this movie does really, really well is it builds up the mystery about who this fucking family is, and the fact that you see none of them until later on in the movie builds up the mystery even more. I mean, I mean, halfway through this movie, I was thinking that these people were 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 building some sort of Frankenstein monster in their basement, or they were like Dracula or something like that. So I was thinking something completely different as to what this movie ends up being but that just shows how good the writing is how good the writing uh, uh is in this movie because the the writer just teases you with possibilities but he doesn't really tell you anything until the very very end of the movie 
Yeah, it's a total mystery because you're trying, yeah, you're trying to work out who the fuck are these people? What are they doing in the basement? Like, why are they so weird looking? Why don't they talk? Why don't they come out of the house during the day? Like, are they vampires? Like, we have no idea what it is. But yeah, right until the end, like, you're kind of guessing what the fuck's going on. So, um, that night, uh, Ray's standing at his bedroom window and he's looking out the window and he's seeing into the Clopex backyard and he sees them digging in the rain. They've all got raincoats on, so he can't see them. And it looks like it looks like they're digging graves. Like it looks like fucking eight by ten. They're digging. They're digging fucking graves. And it's like, what the fuck are these people? Are they burying bodies? Like what? Like you still have to, who the fuck are these people? So the next morning, the garbage truck comes, and Art sees it, and he runs to the garbage truck and he grabs the Clopex bin out of the garbage garbage guy's hand, and he spills it on the street, and it's just. Basically, it's just food wrappers, you know, egg boxes, milk cartons, all of that. And he's like, no, no, where are the fingers? Where are the thumbs, right? Because he thinks they're murdering people. <laughs> and then Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld comes and they basically jump in the back of the fucking truck, sifting through all the rubbish. And the garbage guys are like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, yeah, I thought that that was such a funny scene. And then, and then Ray tells them, look, I saw them digging last night which absolutely sets them off right so every little thing (laughs) is like pointing to the fact that these 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 people are murderers and they're trying to fucking uncover what the fuck is going on and then they're like oh my god they took the body from the from the garbage and they buried it in the backyard that's what they were doing because they knew we were do you know what i mean it's just it's just one little one little seed has like has like turned into this massive fucking conspiracy and there's no evidence for any of this. <laughs> There's no evidence. They're just, this is this is like, but they're convinced that that's what these people are doing just because these people do not want to kind of interact with anybody, which I find funny. No, this is bloody glorious because this is paranoia to the max. The beginning of paranoia is you tell one person one thing and that one person takes one little thing and he makes it into this big fucking thing that becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until that one person or that or, or, or that or that group of people lose their fucking minds. And the way that these neighbors are so convinced that their brand new neighbors are murderers is just unbelievably crazy. And the way that this idiot goes from his house to the garbage truck and empties out the garbage in the street. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong? This guy, like, he does shit, like, like half of the shit that he does, I'm like, do you even have a fucking brain? Like, 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 what is wrong with you? But, 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 but again, that is, that is his character. That's what makes him charming. And that's what makes him work. But it's like, dude, how stupid can you be? Which we'll find out later. Yeah, but again, like without him, there's no story. He's the one no, that keeps no. planting the seeds with no evidence. This is, see, this is the issue with conspiracy theorists. Um, it's it, not that I'm not one of them because I am, but you have to have evidence to back up what you're saying. Otherwise, you sound like a fucking loony soon. You sound like an no, idiot. I- you can't just accuse this and say this and say that. You have to, like you like you know me, you have to do your research and be like, yes, all right, listen, yes. before we jump to conclusions, let's do a little bit of research to see what exactly is going on. <laughs> but they don't do this, but it's what makes it funny. Yeah, no, I no, I no, I absolutely acknowledge that he is the linchpin of the entire story. If you take him out, if you take him from off of the board. The story mm. will ha- the story won't work. I mean, it, I mean, it could still work, but it won't work as well. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sometimes mm. the the things that his character does are so asinine that I that that while watching the movie, I found myself thinking, this guy is such a fucking stunad. Like, oh, he's an idiot. It, it was, he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, he's was, a moron. Yeah. It was it was it was funny, but it was frustrating at the same time. Yes, I agree. He's a moron. He's an absolute moron. So the next scene is uh, the white fluffy – Walter's white fluffy dog um, is wandering around and Tom Hanks sees him and he's a little bit dirty and is shaking and it's like, oh, okay, well, where's Walter? They can't see Walter. So um, him, uh, Ray, Art and Rumsfield go to Walter's house, knock on the door. There's not – there's no word. So obviously what's the next thing to do? They fucking break into his house and they walk around and they can't find him and they can't find anything. 
And they're like, well, where the fuck is he? He would never have left his dog here. His, his dog is his fucking pride and joy. Like, what's happened? And then Rumsfeld finds his toupee. Um, and he goes, I love this. He goes, men never, never leave the house without their hair. And so they're like, oh, my God. He Like, what's happened? Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck. Like, and that, do you know what I mean? Like, that adds another layer to the story. Where is Walter? Why did he leave his hair? He wouldn't leave the house without his hair. Like, where the fuck is he? And so that adds another layer to, like, what's what the hell's going on? And then, um, and then did you think in that scene, what did you think happened to Walter? In that scene, because you hadn't seen it before, what did you did you have a theory or did you just kind of go with the flow? No, uh, I, I I did have a theory, and that theory was just me growing on my bigger theory that 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 the um, the new the new neighbors in the neighborhood were fucking vampires, and I <laughs> I yeah 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 I strongly believed that 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 Walter at some point in the night, for some reason, you know. Uh, you know, walked outside and one of the vampires came in and killed him and basically kind of roughed up his apartment to look like he left. So, so I was, so I was fully in the camp that these people murdered Walter. The other, the, the other mm. great thing about this movie that I haven't mentioned yet, that I mentioned almost every episode for, for a good movie that we watch. I love writers who lead the audience as to, I love writers who, lead the audience and 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 drop hats on the ground as to what the bigger story could be in this movie. And the other thing that this movie does tremendously well is misdirection. This movie lives on misdirection. And the misdirection <laughs> that they the yeah. the misdirection that they do in this movie is fucking genius. I know it is. It's such it's such good writing because yeah, your theory was vampires. What was other people's theory? Do you know what I mean? Everybody has their own theory about who the fuck are these Clopex if you haven't seen the movie before. And that's what I love about it because it's not annoying. Sometimes it, that shit gets annoying, but it's like, oh, they're trying to work it out. And like you get little little pieces of, of nuggets and seeds and stuff and you're trying to work it out. And I, I love that. So now we're in Ray's basement. And I, I, I like this scene too. So I, I like all, I love this movie. I love all the scenes. We're in Ray's basement and Art is showing him a demonology book. Walter was a sacrifice and I'm like oh my god and now he's filling his head with fucking like they're demons and I'm like oh my god how do you get from weird neighbors to like they're fucking demons that like sacrifice humans and then and Ray Tom Hanks's character is sitting there like fuck I should have gone to the lake like he just doesn't want anything to do with this (laughs) he's just fucking over it and then and then he's in bed with um his wife, Carrie Fisher, and he shows her the demonology book and she's holding it and she just looks at him like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like she, really? Like, she just wants nothing to do with this. She's just like, no. I, and then she just gets up and leaves the bedroom. She's just like, I just can't do this. Like, And so he starts watching horror movies. Like, he's, like he turns the TV on and there's like a horror movie. And there's, The Exorcist was actually playing, which is funny because we just reviewed The Exorcist. But he keeps switching channels. And every single channel there's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's like all this horror shit. And then he goes to bed, goes to bed and has the most elaborate nightmare I think I've ever seen in – a movie it's like and it goes for like i mean i don't know i feel like it went for like fucking far too long but it's just i I don't know i i don't know how i feel about the nightmare sequence i yeah how did you feel about the nightmare sequence did you feel like it fit or did you feel like we could do kind of without it i liked it quite a bit because i think that i think that the writer did a great job of leading into it first of all with first of all sort of lead uh a, a beginning of the lead up to it with Tom Hanks and his stupid neighbor in the basement having the, basically the book of the dead down there that was the first lead in but the but the but the but the real lead in was Tom Hanks watching all those uh watching all those horror movies being broadcast on his television set so it makes sense as to why he would have a nightmare like that because before he went to bed he was potentially terrified so um yeah yeah but you know but with that being said i i i really i really liked the sequence because the the sequence was funny because tom hanks was like a really small guy and he was 
and, and and like these bunch of cult members put him on a goddamn barbecue, and then decided to and then decided to skewer him, which I thought was really interesting. But you know, ultimately, ultimately, I thought the I thought the dream sequence served a purpose because it was set up properly. Yeah, it was, and it just goes to show that it's not the fact that he was he like was had those sort of horror images in his mind before he went to bed. It's also the fact that like the demonology book and art putting all this shit in his head about their mur- that the, your next door neighbors are murderers and they're going to murder everybody and all this shit. And so he had this nightmare, and then the next morning you see him and he's sitting in bed in a daze, like he he's just like he like he's completely shut down. He doesn't know what to do. He's just like doesn't want to talk or anything. And I find this scene so funny. Um, Art and Rumsfield stand, they're standing in Ray's yard yelling for him, Ray, Ray. And so Ray comes out on his um, veranda and he's looking down at them and he doesn't know what, again, his hair's all messy. Like he's just like a zombie. And then Carrie Fisher comes out and he goes, he pulls him back and they're like, can Ray come out? And Carrie Fisher's like, no, Ray's not going to come out today, boys. <laughs> they're like, please, can he come out? And they're like, no, no, I want I want my, I need my husband back. Like he's not going to come out to play. And I just thought that scene was so <laughs> funny because obviously it's a play on like kids wanting another kid to come out that like their, their mum won't let him come out. And I just, I just thought that that was really unique to put in a movie. Yeah, actually, 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 this was one of my favorite scenes. The other the the other favorite scene uh, happened earlier on in the script. I don't believe we talked about it, but when when uh, Ray and his dumb friend and that kid are walking, are are you know are walking on uh, are walking on the sidewalk, and they tell the story about the people who used to live in the house, and the way that the kid tells the story, I thought was great. So, uh, so that was my first favorite scene, and then um, this scene that we're talking about now. When the 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 dumb guy in Renfield come and ask Ray to come out and play, I thought it was genius. And the way that Carrie Fisher, <laughs> the, the the way that Carrie, the way that Carrie Fisher carries herself in this movie. I mean, granted, she 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 doesn't she doesn't she doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, but when she's on screen, she really chews it up, and she does she she, yeah. she does the best yeah. She she does the best with she does the best with what she's given, and in this and in this scene in particular, it's just great. Yeah, I think I really like the character, uh, the Carrie Fisher character, because I think that she grounds him. Like he would he would be far worse and far more into this if Carrie Fisher wasn't the medium there, going, "You're not going to do this." This is stupid. Like she's the one that's telling him this is stupid. Don't do this. Come back. You out. You know what I mean? Like spend time with us. Like if she wasn't there, I think he would have gone completely off the wagon sooner. Sooner. She kind she's, of. I feel like she kind of grounds him. She's the voice of reason. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Art and Rumsfeld, they're like, well, fuck it. We don't need Ray. Carrie Fisher is the voice of reason for Ray. Ray is the voice of reason for these two idiots. And now that he's not there, they go and do the dumbest thing, which I just found so funny because it is dumb. So Art and Rumsfield approach the Clopex back door like kids and they've got a note and we don't know what it says on the note and they put the note under the door and they run off like kids. They knock on the door and they run. (laughs) And you're just like, oh, my fucking God. And they ring the doorbell. Sorry, ring the doorbell and run off. And then you see the door slightly open a crack. A hand comes out, picks the note up, and the door closes. It's like the fucking, like, the Adams Family crossed the monsters. It's like, what? who does that? Who would do that? Like, don't normal people open the door? But again, it's an air of mystery. Like, are they vampires? Are they opening it like that because they don't want to get, like, hit by the sun? Like, you just, you just have no fucking idea what's going on. So, anyway, the next scene is quite funny because art – um, catches Ray in his backyard. So Ray is chilling out. He's relaxing. He's sunbaking in his back lawn, you know, minding his own business. And here Art comes and he comes down and he tells him, he goes, Ray, 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 I want to tell you what we did. And I, I actually, I love, I love Tom Hanks's rea- re- reaction because he doesn't, he never opens his eyes. He has his eyes closed. He goes, why can't I relax? Why can't I relax? Why can't I relax in my backyard? I just want to relax in my backyard. Like he just gets so pissed off. <laughs> like, like at this, at this, it's like, like he just wants to relax. I just want to relax. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, there, there, there are some wonderful, wonderful 
outburst moments from Tom Hanks in this movie. And that's one of them where he just won't fucking wants yeah. to relax. And yeah. this fucking best pick and this fucking idiot of a best friend just keeps is yeah. this guy does this guy does not get the messages does not get the message at all that he's annoying and that he's a uh, that he is a first class enabler. But he doesn't care because he's too fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he tells him he goes, Ray, 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 look at Rumsfield and I, we uh we left a note under the Clopex door. And Ray opens his eyes, he's like, What? You did what did it say? And Art goes, Oh, I, I wrote on it, I know what you did. And Ray fucking loses it. He fucking gets up and he just wants to bash the shit out of this guy. And he's like, <laughs> They're gonna think I fucking did it. They're gonna think I fucking did it. And he's like, No, 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 they're not gonna think it. He says, No, they're gonna think I did it. Oh my god. And he just fucking you can see his brain vessels just like like just <laughs> bursting like but yeah like why would you do that like why would you put a note under someone's door saying i know what you, like it's just such a juvenile thing to do like I, I i don't know i don't know so i so what did you think of that did you because look i know we talked about tom hanks's outbursts but um look if you were relaxing and your friend came up to you and they said that what would your reaction be would it be that or would it be calm um, I, look, I think, I think it would be calm because I, I look all, all throughout this movie, I, I kept thinking, okay, number one, number one, this movie is exactly what I think it is. And if these motherfuckers go in the house, they're going to die. Or number two, these motherfuckers are, are, are overjudging the situation by a mile. And all they have to do is 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 walk up to the apartment speak to these people and understand that although they are a little weird they're normal people but i think i would have handled the, i think i would have handled the situation a little bit more uh, a little bit more relaxed and i would have tried to convince my idiot best friend to forget about it to let it go already because because what 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 him and runfield do which is a great name by the way it's just stupid and juvenile. Like, how old are these fucking people? Why are they acting like a bunch of children? Yeah, I know. Um, I would have reacted exactly how Tom Hanks would have. Re- I would have lost my shit. Like, I'm seeing myself in Tom Hanks. I would have absolutely. So anyway, when Ray is losing it at Art, the dog keeps bringing Art a bone, and Art keeps throwing the bone while he's having this conversation. And then he look, and the dog brings it to him again, and Art looks down at the bone, and. He he goes, oh, my God, this is a human bone. And Tom Hanks, no, it's not. He goes, no, 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 this this is a human femur bone. This is a thigh bone. And then Art goes, where, where did your dog get this bone? And they both look, like, to the Clopex yard, and you can see that the dog has, like, made a hole from their yard to the Clopex yard, and they got he got the bone from the Clopex yard. And then, and then Art goes, it's Walter. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my fucking God. And then, and this is what clicks it for Tom Hanks. Like this is, this is, this is what it's just like. Tom Hanks is like all in. It's like there's no denying it. Walter is dead. These people did it. That's his bone. No evidence of this, but <laughs> Tom Hanks is like, that's it. And I thought that that was so funny. So anyway, they're in the house and uh, Ray's house, and Carrie Fisher, she's she's had enough. Let's just all go over and say hello, right? Which is what <laughs> they. I mean, the boys. I mean, I guess they tried to do it, but then the bees got them. But you know no, what I mean? She's also, just like, fuck this. We're going to go over. I'm done with this. No. Also, I love that Carrie Fisher is the voice of reason. Like you said, enough. Like you said, at, at this point, Carrie Fisher has, has had enough. And she basically says, fuck it. We need to, we need to think about this yeah. logically. So, again, Carrie Fisher is the voice of reason for Tom Hanks' character all throughout this movie. And she's like, let's just go and talk mm-hmm. to these people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, they all go over there. They knock. The red-headed guy opens the door and they enter. And when they enter, it's kind of like, it kind of looks like an Adams Family-esque house. It's all really dark wood. Um, the furniture looks really old and musty. Uh, it just, it doesn't look inviting. It just looks really dark and dank and damp and not somewhere that, it doesn't look homey or anything like that. And so there's an older 
weirder looking man that appear. I don't know where mm. they find all these act. All the all the Clopex are just these. I mean, it, they, none of them have none of them have prosthetics on. This is how these people actually look. So like the three Clopex, and you'll meet the the doctor in a minute. Like they all look very unusual. Like as humans go, they look very. So they've cast it like absolutely perfectly. So anyway, there's an older guy with a really weird, really fucking weird haircut. It's a really weird fucking white haired haircut. And he an appears and too. he's weird. And yeah, and an accent. So <laughs> I thought this was funny. The redhead guy goes away and he comes back and he offers them snacks. He the, he has a bowl of pretzels in one hand and a can of sardines in, in the other hand. Oh and he's like, God. Do you want some sardines? Sardines? And it's just like these people are fucking whack. Like they are so <laughs> fucking weird. And so anyway, and I love I love this part where he kind of he offers it to Carrie Fisher's character and Carrie takes one pretzel and then he offers it to Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks shakes his head and he looks at Carrie Fisher and Carrie Fisher gives gives him this look and he's like, oh fuck. And so <laughs> so he takes a pretzel and he takes a sardine. And he puts it on the pretzel and he just slowly puts it in his mouth. And the sound effects when he crunches down on the sardine in the pretzel so gross. It's And his face is just like, it fucking just says it all. Like it, And he's like, mmm, yum. <laughs> so gross. Oh, my God. It's so disgusting. Oh, my God. It's so I, fucking I, gross. Yeah. I, yeah I that was so funny, to... though. <laughs> just, I know. Yeah, I know. No, so the, so the old guy... The older, weird-looking guy, uh, he says, oh, his brother works in the basement at night and he's a doctor. So the doctor comes into the room and, again, he's another weird-looking person. He's very, very short. He's got white hair. He's just he's just a weird-looking guy. Um, and he comes into the room and he's got like a, like a leather apron on and white – well, you can't see his hands, but he's got white gloves on. Um, so he comes into the room. Yeah, he's even creepier than the first guy I've written down. Um uh, and so he shakes Ray's hand and Ray looks down and on the guy's white gloves is like this red substance that obviously you think, oh, my God, it's blood. What the fuck is he doing? And then kind of Ray starts like tries not to freak out. But then he says, oh, no, it's paint. It's paint. Don't worry about it. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Like I would be smelling that. <laughs> is it paint? Because these people are already weird. So is it paint? Is it not paint? I don't know. You never actually see Ray like smell it or like taste it or anything. So I don't know. Because when you find out like who they are later, like it's not paint. He's not painting down there. <laughs> so no, 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 um, no, 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 of course he's not. He's not painting down there. Come on. Come on. Come on. We know. This. No. So <laughs> at the same time, Art, who was not, who Carrie Fisher said you're not allowed to come, she banned him from coming to the house because he's such a lunatic. He decides he's going to go on his own mission and he's trying to break into the Clopex basement like an idiot. So anyway, so he's busy doing that. We go back to the Clopex house um, and Rumsfeld starts asking, "What are you doing in the basement at night?" What what and 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 then he starts saying Walter's missing. Did you know that Walter's missing? We haven't seen him in a while. Like, like, and he starts bringing up all like just like he's just going for the th like he's a military guy, so it makes sense that he would just go straight for the fucking jugular. Um, and then Ray gets up and he opens a door. I think it's the door to the basement, and a Great Dane or Scooby Doo jumps out and jumps out, and he and he kind of bowls everybody over and he knocks all this shit over and he runs out of the house and then he see the dog sees art trying to break in and then he chases art down the street which i thought was quite funny and you you haven't you've never seen this dog before i thought it was a bit strange that you'd never seen the dog i felt like they just put the dog in just to put it in i don't know i felt like it was kind of may, maybe a little bit out of place what did you think no, I know. I think it was just there to to do a to do a like a jump scare because if if the dog wasn't there, if Tom Hanks would have gone down in the basement, the movie would have been over. Um. So I think I think that that was just uh, a a jump scare because they needed one at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So anyway, um, after that. There is a they have a, they're having a meeting. They've left the Clopex house. They're back at Ray's house. They're having a meeting at Ray's house, and then the Carrie Fisher's like, "Look, there's nothing going on. They're just weird. Leave them the fuck alone." And so Ray goes, "You know what? I think they're clean. Like I think, 
you know, there's no evidence that just they're just weird guys. Let's just leave it alone. Like I don't I don't want to spend my time doing this. And Art and Rumsfeld are standing there like, what the fuck? Like what is going on? So Ray's like, look, you know, thanks, honey. You know, I agree with you. I'm just going to take the boys into the drawing room. You know, I'm just going to chat with them and tell them just to leave this alone. And she's like, good, good boy, good boy. And so he goes into the drawing room. And he turns around and they're like, oh, you've got your balls in your your wife's fucking purse, do you? And so Ray goes, he pulls out Walter's toupee. And they're like, what are you doing with Walter's toupee? And he says, when we found it, because um, they took it from Walter's house, he says he put it back in Walter's house after they took it. When the dog And when the dog jumped out at him at the Clopex house, he saw it wedged in between magazines that were all addressed to Walter. He's fucking in. He knows that he knows that they fucking killed Walter. He knows that they're sus. And the boys' faces just light up. They're like, oh, my God. Now Ray is fucking all in, 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 in. Um, so I thought that scene was quite good because – he managed to maneuver it in a way where he told his wife, like he knew what to say. He's like, okay, I agree with you, honey. But then behind, but then he's like, okay, they killed Walter. What the fuck are we going to do about it? Of course you do. I like, 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 like I had no doubt. Like the, like the second that, that the second that the old really weird, uh, uh, the, the, the doctor complex comes out, comes out of the basement and shake and shakes, Tom Hanks' hand and it has the blood on it. I had no doubt that this motherfucker was in at that very moment. I was like, it's only a matter of time before this before Tom Hanks uh, teams up with the rest of his gang and they and they concoct a plan to get into the basement. At that point, I was like, it's only a matter of time before this shit really gets good. Yeah, and uh, Ray mentions that the Clopex said that they were going out for the day. That's when they break in. Uh, so the next day, uh, Ray has gotten his wife and son to go visit some family. Now his wife is not stupid. His wife is looking at him like, why do you need me out of the house? What the fuck are you doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm just going for, I'm just going to play golf. She knows he's bullshitting, but she's like, you know what? Fine. I'll go. Because she doesn't want anything to do with what he's fucking doing. So she doesn't need the stress. She's going to go, which is why I love her character. Like she knows he's bullshitting, but she's going along with it because she just does not want the fucking stress. Just, she's letting him be him. Just do your fucking thing and I'll be back later. So uh, Ray and Art are breaking to the Clopex backyard, basically, and they start digging. And they're digging for fucking what seems like hours and they're not finding anything. And they're like, no, I don't know if – I don't think they would bury them, like, if there were bodies this far down. And so they decide to go into the house and they go into the basement and they find this huge furnace, massive, massive furnace. Um, and they don't really know what it is. Like they kind of, they don't look inside or anything. They're just like, why do they need a furnace this big for this house? Like that's just like really, really unusual. And as an audience member, you're like, that is fucking unusual. Like what are they, what are they, are they putting bodies in the furnace? Like what's in the fucking furnace, right? Which is kind of like it's 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 putting it's ticking off your sort of spidey sense. Like what? who the fuck are these people? Are they vampires? Is this, is this how they get rid of the bodies? Um, so anyway, Ray starts digging. He's like, no, I know there's something here. So the basement is basically like dirt. So he starts digging and digging and digging and digging. And he digs like, like five feet down and Art's like, I don't know if they would, again, I don't know if they would bury something that deep, but Ray is a psychopath now. He's like, no, there's something here. The Rumsfeld is keeping watch and he sees, um, oh no, he doesn't see the Clopex come. Um, the Clopex start... Try what? Tell me. Oh no! Can I just can I just mention yeah. one thing? Yeah. The 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 eighty style sort of punky kid. All throughout this movie, he's obsessed with hanging out with his friends and making his friends realize how awesome his fucking block is. So 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 yeah. all throughout so all throughout this process, this kid is having like a major rager right next door to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah, so so yeah, so so, yeah, so so I just wanted to point that out, but but uh, but but off you go. So Ray's still digging in the basement, and then he thinks he found Walter's body. He's like, "I found him! I found him!" Like he's just he's like he's hit something, 
right? It's like, I found him. I found Walter's body. So, um, so anyway, the Klopex drive down the street and they see that their basement light is on. And so they back up and they reverse and they go away. And at first you think, oh my God, they know that somebody's found something. So they're, they're just leaving. They're never going to come back. They're running. They're running. Yeah. Which is what, which is what I thought. Um, so anyway, Ray's digging, digging, digging. And then, um, a car drives into Walter's driveway and Rumsfield is sitting on the house because he's the lookout. He sees this and he's like, wait, what a minute? Wait, what? And then Walter gets out of the car and you see this lady helping him out of the car and Rumsfield's like, oh shit. He tries to radio, um, Ray and Art going, um, um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come out. Like uh, Walter's here, Walter's here, Walter's here. Um, and then the Klopex return with the police. So they've gone to get the police and you're like, oh, okay, interesting, okay. Um, and so he's trying to get it, he's trying, and they're not responding. Ray has, so he's hit a water line and there's water and he's about to hit the gas line. So the Klopex return, which, so, so, and then he, and then he puts the, he puts the shovel down and he hits it and he go and he goes, what does that smell? And Art goes, oh my God. And so they're like, fuck. The whole house fucking just explodes, right? And you're like, oh, my God. So and Art good. is like, I know. Art's like, oh, my God. Ray. Like, there's I no way he could have survived. And then, like, yeah, a minute Ray. later, Tom Hanks' character, Ray, walk- yeah. Ray walks out and he's fucking fucked up. His clothes are all – obviously, he would have been dead. But it's just so funny how Tom Hanks played it. He just walked out like a zombie. Like, what the fuck just happened? Did I just blow – he just literally blew up somebody's house. And I just <laughs> – I just found that I found I found those scenes delightful. I found those scenes so ridiculously funny. And the best part about those scenes is the fact that at this point in the movie, Tom Hanks has gone off the fucking deep end and he just keeps digging and digging. <laughs> you know, and the and, and you know, and, and the point when and the point when the whole movie goes upside down is when their neighbor comes back, the neighbor that they thought was dead. So yeah. that so so that big reveal goes, holy fucking shit! They did all of this for nothing. So at that point, I'm thinking, oh my god, these for motherfuckers nothing. are gonna. I'm like, at that point, these motherfuckers are gonna go to jail because everything everything that yeah. they did amounted to nothing. Everything that they did nothing. amounted to everything that they did amounted to a misunderstanding. So there, yes. So uh, so 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 at so at this point, I'm thinking that there is no way. That these motherfuckers are not going to jail. The house is blown up. Tom Hanks has walked out in a daze. His wife returns with the son, and she's driving down the street. And the ambulance is there. The cops are there, and they're and she's like, "What the fuck?" Like, she just knows that Ray has something to do with it. She goes away for a few hours. She comes back, and like all this fucking shit. And then, and then Art is still on about the Clopex. <laughs> And he's still like, no, they're sketchy. There's something wrong. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, they've literally been proven innocent. He's like, nope, there's something about him. There's still, there's something weird about him. And so, and he's telling Ray, right? Ray's got a bandage around his head. And he's like, no, no, you don't understand, Ray. We got to take this further. Like, (laughs) he's just blown up the house. He's like, we got to take this further, Ray. There's something wrong. I know it. And then I love Tom Hanks' acting. He just stands there really still. And then he just runs at him, <laughs> tries to kill him. Yes. He just tried. Yeah. He's so like, look time. what you did to me. Look what you did to me. But He's like, these but, people did nothing. But, but Why you do you, what? they keep to themselves, so what? That's so but funny. You know, but you know what? At, at that point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you get back to that genius moment in just a second. Yeah. But at, at that point, I was thinking that this whole movie was a giant was a giant cautionary tale about neighbors who get suspicious about other neighbors in their neighborhood. I thought that this mm. entire movie yeah. was yeah. a morality tale. But but that's not mm. what it is. And I and, No, because we're know, not done yet. <laughs> no, no, we're not done yet. So uh so you want to go back to Tom Hanks's wonderful speech? I I thought Yeah, I thought, so he I has a rant. Great. Yeah, he's like, look what you did to me. These people did nothing. Like, they'd like to keep to themselves. So what? So he fucking wants to kill her. And he's like, I've been blown. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is – he's like, I've been blown up. Take me to the hospital. 
<laughs> I've been blown up. Take me to the hospital. And I, oh my god. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go he ahead. picks up a gurney. He literally picks up a gurney, throws it into the back of an ambulance, jumps on it, and that's it. And the wife closes the door. Like she's just done. <laughs> she's just like, just fucking take him. Like I don't even want anything to do with him anymore. <laughs> just take him. Uh, because like he's just so mentally done. She's mentally done. Like they're all fucking done. So this is where the movie kind of turns. Um, Tom Hanks' character Ray, he's lying in on the gurney in the back of the ambulance, and the doctor Klopek gets in the ambulance with him, and he says, "Ray, I know you saw what was in the furnace." And at this point, as an audience member, you're like, "Wait, what? You guys were just exonerated. Wait, what? What is going on?" And then the doctor. And Ray has no clue what the fuck he's talking about. He's like, we didn't look. Like, and they didn't because we didn't look in the furnace. We just thought it was weird. You had a really big furnace. And the doctor pulls out a syringe and says he made an offer for the house for the to, for the to the old owners, but they wouldn't sell. So we had to take matters into his our own hands. Oh, and you're shit. like, what? You're like, wait, <laughs> what a minute? What? What? I was I was about to say, what a minute? <laughs> Yeah, because my brain's fucking scrambled. What a minute? What? And so that now he tries to inject Ray. And we see that the red-headed Klopek is actually in the driver's seat of the ambulance. And you're like, whoa, what? So there's this huge struggle. The red-headed guy tries to drive the ambulance as a struggle. Um, Ray kind of tries to push the Dr. Klopek back. He tries to he, – he puts his hand out and he pulls the red-headed guy. So, like, he swerves and the ambulance crashes. And Ray and the doctor are are on the gurney, and the back the the doors of the ambulance open up, and the gurney slides out. So they're kind of having this battle on this gurney, and this gurney's like ro- like rolling down the street, and then the gurney hits the the trunk of the Klopex car, and Ray and the doctor kind of like go flying off, and the trunk of the car of the Klopex car opens, and Ricky, who is Corey Feldman, looks in the back. And he's like, uh, I think you found your evidence. And so we see what's in the back and it's like, it looks like like 10 or 20 ske- human skeletons, basically. There's skulls, there's rib cages, there's hands, there's legs, like full to the brim of like human skeletons. And you're like, oh my God, they were serial killers. They did kill people. They just didn't kill Walter, but they were right the whole fucking time. Like yeah. this is how they got kind of like vindicated. And then, and then Carrie Fisher comes up to Ray and he says, she says, what do you want to do now? And he says, I would like to go to the lake. (laughs) (laughs) Although I do want to, I do want to just highlight one moment when the, when the fucking stupid neighbor guy's wife comes home and he goes, Mm. My wife, and I'm like, I, I, it's like, I didn't even know you had a wife. Where, where, where was she? Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, but- in the beginning, he Art Art says that his wife has gone away to see her in-laws, and like he would rather eat glass than go, so he decided to stay. Okay, okay, but 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 the ending, the the end, the end twist of this whole movie makes the movie worth it because yeah, the entire the entire movie you got these theories going up the yin yang. You're thinking a million fucking things, and you never really figure out what's truly mm. happening here until the end of the movie. And it's just great. And I also love yep. that the movie ends yep. Yep. with Walter and Carrie Fisher walking down the street, but the camera pans out and it pans back out to the to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love the last bit of dialogue because in the beginning of the movie, he was like, I'm not going to the fucking lake. And in the end, he's right. like, let's go to the lake. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like a- isn't that just the premise? Like he should have listened to his wife in the first fucking place. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a perfect circle moment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with that, as we as we slowly wrap up here, do you want to go to your trivia? Sure. Um, I really enjoyed researching trivia for this movie. It was it was really fun. So this movie was uh, filming actually during the writers' strike of nineteen eighty eight. So the screenwriter was actually on set, but if there was any changes to make to the make to the script. Um, he couldn't actually do it. He couldn't touch the script. He could be there, but he couldn't do any of the changes. Um, <laughs> so what the director, Joe Dante, did is he encouraged the actors to improvise. So a lot of the scenes in the movie are actually improvised um, because the screenwriter couldn't 
contribute to the script at all. And one of the improvised scenes was actually the scene where Tom Hanks picks up the gurney, throws it into the back of the ambulance and gets in and puts himself in the ambulance. So Tom Hanks just made that up. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's the funniest scene. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Um, that's great. Uh, another interesting thing was Tom Hanks and the guy that plays art, the actor that plays art, they actually didn't get along. Um, oh, but really? Joe Dante said that Tom Hanks is a really he's he's a professional and he never let it get to him. He never let it interfere with him. But they actually didn't get along. I don't know why. Um, the interesting thing, uh, one of the interesting things about this, and this almost never happens when they film movies, is this film was actually shot in sequence. What? That is, whoa, 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 hold on, whoa, 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 hold up. That never fucking happens. Yeah, weird, right? Never. I don't know. I don't know why, but they shot it in sequence. But yeah, I thought that was quite unusual. Um, This is really cool. So the house that Ricky lived in, which is Corey Feldman, you didn't really see a lot of it. You kind of just saw the porch, but you didn't see the whole house. But that house was actually the same house that they filmed the original Munsters in. Oh, get out of here. Really? Yeah, I thought that was pretty fucking cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a shame you didn't see the actual. I mean, I think that's why they didn't show you the house because it would have looked like the monster's house. <laughs> okay, so the last uh, the last bit of trivia is I thought it was quite fascinating. So they filmed this on the Universal um, backlot. Back now I've been yeah I've been on the backlot tour when they I don't think they have this street there anymore. But on the backlot tour, we actually went through this street, and that was such a kick for me. Because of the burbs. I'm like, oh, it's the burbs. And then they had the Munsters house and they had, um, they actually have the Adams Family house there as well. And they had, oh no, they, they, ha- no, they have the Adams Family and they have the Bates Motel house there. And it was such a kick. I'm like, oh my God, this is where they filmed the burbs. It was so fucking fun. Yeah, so anyway, awesome. during the film, if you turn it up really, 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 really loud, you can actually hear a, a woman screaming help, help at certain intervals in the film. Now, the reason that that's in there is because that help is actually coming from the Jaws ride PA system. (laughs) It filtered into the filming of the birds. (laughs) But, yeah, but that's all my trivia, and I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that was an an amazing trivia. I I especially like the trivia about um, uh, Corey Feldman's house being the uh, actual Munster's house. I thought that was really, really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. So uh, with all that being said and done with, uh, that'll do it uh, for this edition of um, the Mixtape Podcast. Listen, if you guys like anything that we do here at all and you want to reach out to us with questions or suggestions or whatever, uh, you can email us. You can email us at uh, the mixtape pod at AOL.com. Yeah. So if you want to get in contact with us, that's the best way to do so. But, um, just in case, if you're going to come back next week, uh, next week's film that we're going to discuss is ready player one. So with all that being said and out of the way, uh, for my lovely co-host Dean Stark, uh, until next time, as I say often, If someone is kind enough to ever make you a mixtape, that must truly mean that they love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.